You are listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. We're in a series called Tension, and if you've noticed anything about our world in recent days, you've noticed the amount of tension that has boiled over, and people are trying to manage it. They're trying to figure it out. Some see it as a problem to solve. Some see it as a tension to manage, and it's gotten just crazy in our world, but it's provided opportunity, I believe, for you and for me to wade into important issues, for you and me to listen to other people, for you and I to truly understand what is important in life and what's the response of the church. How are we supposed to be? How are we supposed to do good in a world that sometimes gets crazy? I know a young man who has incredibly successful parents and all growing up, they pushed him. They made him hustle. They pushed him hard to work and to succeed. And they pushed him to, uh, in their mind, do the ultimate thing, which was to make money. The problem is he would rather work for a good cause than actually pursue the American dream. So he left the challenge of the American dream and he went to pursue racial reconciliation in our world. I know a woman who said, why do we care so much for other countries? Like we have enough problems in our own country. I can't be concerned about all the problems and all the pain in our entire world. But as I pressed the issue with her, she admitted she actually does very little to wade into the problems of her country, of her city, or of her neighborhood. I know a 15-year-old girl who told me, I know God is good because I've seen my dad come to church. He started volunteering, and now he talks different when he drives. I said, oh, he doesn't swear so much anymore? She said, no, 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 it's not that. She said, he talks different when we drive. As we drive by our neighbor's house, and then she's like, they have problems. Dad says, we're going to help those people out. She said, we used to just drive straight by. I know a young adult who went on a mission trip and said, I wanted to rescue them all. I wanted to do everything I could to rescue every single child. But for the first time in my life, I realized I couldn't suggest a quick fix. I wanted to do good, but we have to listen and allow God to show us how to build positive steps and practical solutions as we manage the tension between their need and the opportunities that we have to help. We're looking at the importance of tension. That tension actually is important. It needs to exist. And we've looked at this whole series at tension. We've looked at this, that you can know God. He's made to be known, but he's also a mystery. That God has ideals, but praise God, he uses broken people. That the Bible is all true, but not everything true about life is in the Bible. You can know God in a moment, but it'll take you forever as you grow to figure out what that commitment means. Your beliefs matter, but people matter more. And we're seeing that so much in our world right now. You should enjoy church and you can enjoy living in the world that God created. Trust can increase your faith in God. But doubt can also increase your faith in God. And today we're going to look at the fact that God is good and you and I should do good. That God is good 
and that you and I should do good. And there's a tension that exists between that, that there's goodness of God, but then there's also the call upon the people of God to do good in the world that God created. And you might think that these are a strange mix of theology because there's so much talk out there about you. We don't do good to earn our salvation, but God is good, but Christians are still supposed to do good. And you think it's a weird mix of theology. It reminds me of the young man who told his pastor, I really like this girl, but I also believe in predestination. So if it's just meant to be, then it's just gonna work out. To which the pastor said, son, it's good that you believe in predestination, but you better date like you believe in free will. There's a tension there, isn't there? You can solve certain problems, but when you solve certain problems, you inevitably create other ones. We've seen that in much reconciliation talks that sometimes the initial effort to solve a problem creates other problems. There's a tension that's always gonna be there with love and compassion and reaching out to people. We have seen much injustice, too much hate, too little compassion in our world. Literally, it's not enough for the church anymore. It's not enough for the church or for Christians to believe that God is just and leave it right there. The Christian cannot stand idly by and expect God alone in his sovereignty to respond to injustice. Why? Because God is good, but he also calls you and I to do good. I'm not saying that you've got some innate nature to be good, that you somehow don't need God. I am saying that because you're created in the image of God, that you have the potential in your life to be good and to do good and to stand up for what is right. I'm not talking about being good enough to get into heaven. I'm not talking about goodness for salvation or goodness for God's approval or being good enough to get into heaven. I'm not talking about doing good without God's Holy Spirit living through you. But practically, you should do good to project his character. You should do good because you were created in the image of God. You should do good because he has put his Holy Spirit in you and he's equipped you and given you the gifts, the spiritual gifts that enable you to do good in your lifetime, in the world in which you and I live. At the end of the day, you and I do not have the excuse not to do good. The reason that this is so critical, the reason that this is so important to catch is that there are generations growing up hearing that here's good news, here is hope, here is the gospel, but if you're not leading them into the trenches of the hurting and the broken and the real problems, practical problems in our world, then you're not demonstrating to them that God's goodness and justice are real. It's not a game. You see, what will happen is this. If, if you don't do good, they're not going to believe that God is, in fact, good. It's not a game. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. He didn't say, let them see your good intentions. Let them see your good beliefs. He said, let them see your good deeds. 
Paul, the apostle, said this in Ephesians 2.10, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And if you're taking notes today, here's why you need this sermon. Write this down. If you don't fight for the tension, you set people up to reject what is true because of what they will experience. They'll experience lots of things in this world. But if you don't fight to keep the tension between these two opposite ends, you're gonna set people up out of your own fear or your own control. You're gonna try to set people up to believe only one side of the tension dynamic and you're gonna set them up to reject what is true because they're gonna experience things in this world. If you say no to doing good works, chances are they will ultimately say no to the fact that God is good. So we need our eyes opened. We need to listen to one another. We need to do the good that God has called us to do. Well, where do we start? Write this down. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. So often I watch people throw up their hands because they're like, well, I can't solve the whole problem. I can't fix all this. What is one person to be able to do? And I go, Jesus was one person. You're one person. And your life and my life can make a difference. Jesus, as one person, is walking around in the nation of Israel. And in Matthew chapter 9, beginning with verse 27, the scriptures say this, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, have mercy on us, son of David. And when he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. And then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. But Jesus warned them sternly, see to it that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over that region. Jesus did for these two blind guys what we would want to have cured for everybody. We want blindness to be cured for all. But Jesus did for these guys what he wished he could do for everyone. And he says to these guys, literally, you're healed because you have faith. And I want to point out for those who sometimes get healing convoluted in the scriptures, he's saying because you have faith. He's not saying because you have the right amount of faith. He's not talking about the amount of faith that the blind man had. And then he says a strange situation. He sends a strange statement to them. He says, see to it that no one knows about this. Why time and again in scripture would Jesus heal or do a miracle and then tell people not to tell other people about it? Because he knows human nature. He knows that people are looking for a Messiah. They're looking for a savior. They're looking for the one to fix their problems and they'll insert their agenda onto his divine mission. Jesus didn't want to stir up the false expectations of the Jewish people who were looking for a national and a political Messiah. He came to seek and save the lost and they would try to thrust him into the national issues, the national agenda, and it was not his mission to stir up a violent revolt against Rome. That was not the mission of Jesus. It was not his desire nowadays to stir up vandalism in the face, in the excuse of justice. He wants us to stand for justice. 
But when the vandalism gets in, the looting gets in, that's not the mission of Jesus. That's not the way to stand up. It is his desire that you and I act justly, that we love mercy, that we walk humbly with God. And it is his desire that we stand up for the oppressed and the poor and the downtrodden. And when injustices have happened, that we take a stand for justice. Why? Because God is good. He's just. And we're to do good. The scriptures go on. It says, while they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. And the crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, it is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. If you're taking notes, write this down. The modern miracle is awakening people of faith who are silent and getting them to speak. See, the miracle in Jesus' day was there was a mute guy who was mute because a demon wouldn't let him speak. But once he was healed by Jesus, he spoke. It was his natural result. And the modern miracle is getting people of faith who by their own choice have become silent by the agenda of the evil one, by the intent of the evil one to make you and I ineffective have become silent. And the modern miracle is getting silent people to speak. Why? Why is it so important for the silent to speak? Why is it so important for believers to speak up? Because other people have the chance to believe when God's people speak up. And I see Sun Grove Church speaking up right now in the name of just injustice, for justice, and people are listening to the pain of our brothers and our sisters. And in that dialogue, let me tell you something, in that dialogue that's happening all over the place right now, online, in person, in grocery stores, in garages, in neighborhoods, the discussions that are happening right now, there is room for sharing Jesus in those conversations. This last week, I had the chance to just share with my neighbors the truth of Jesus. Uh, we got home one evening and they had their garage door open and they were in there and talking and had some friends over. And in fact, some of them may be watching today, so I'm calling you out, Bob. I'm calling you out, hi. And I want you guys, if you're watching today, I want you to just take note that in going over there, sharing with them as we're talking about their fears, as we're talking about what is happening in our world, as people are trying to fix the problem or defend their property or to see the injustices and everybody's sharing the stories of what they've seen and what they've heard and what they've experienced. And my neighbors are Vietnamese and they're Filipino and we're all sitting there talking about what's going on. And in that opportunity, God opened the door for me to share Jesus with them why Jesus is part of the solution. They'd seen the passion of the Christ and so we started using some of the, the visuals from the passion of the Christ to describe what Jesus was really doing on the cross and how Jesus prophetically from the cross was sharing the prophetic Psalm of Psalm 22 written 1500 years before he was crucified. That prophetic Psalm about crucifixion was written 400 years before crucifixion was invented by the Persians. And at the end, one of my neighbor's friends just kind of gave me a hug and he said, man, thank you so much. That was like enlightening. Well, we want it to go from being enlightening to being life-changing, to being earth-shattering, 
to being the one who is the prince of peace in our lives between our sin, ourselves, and God, and then in our world as we do good to stand for what is right and true in our world. Seize the opportunity, speak up for justice, and speak up for Jesus. Write this down. Religious people will criticize the freedom and miraculous work of God in your life. Speak anyway. The Pharisees, they said, listen, Jesus is kicking out a demon by the power of demons. Like they don't even know what to, how to describe this. It would be like, oh, Jesus is using demonic power to get rid of a demon. And, and, and literally, the Pharisees are blaspheming God and his power by the act that he did right there. And there'll always be people who will stand up and criticize the miraculous work of God in your life. They're not gonna understand it, speak anyway. Matthew 9, 35, Jesus went throughout all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they're harassed. They're helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And when you ask God to send workers into the field, I want you to know that God works in your heart to do good in your field. Where's your field? Where do you see the crowds? Where do you see the crowds gather in your workplace? Where do you see the crowds gather in your home? Where do you see the crowds gather in your neighborhood? That's your field. The field that God has given you to tend. The field that God has given you to reach out. The field of people that God has given you to influence, whether you're introverted or extroverted, that God has given you a field to nurture and to develop and to plant seeds in and to grow. And he says, listen, the workers are few, but the harvest is plentiful. And I love what Jesus sees there. He saw the crowds. And when he did, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And I wanna ask, what are you doing right now when you see the crowds? Are you judging them? Are you having compassion? Are you seeing where they're harassed, where they're helpless? where they don't have leadership in their life, where they go their own way because they don't know of Jesus. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the fields. Well, God is good. And one of the ways that God is good is he's called his people to do good, to tend their field and experience a harvest there. It's like Bill Tam, who's a Chinese brother of mine, and Charles Dangerfield, who is just a great person. He's black. And these guys are walking young men, who also happen to be black, into manhood. Because those boys' families are shattered, and they just don't know what does the family look like, and who's going to walk me into manhood. And what happens is, Charles and Bill meet with these men for breakfast at Stagecoach Restaurant. And they meet with them, they are beginning to walk them into manhood, but they're not just giving them skills for integrity and life and manhood, but they're leveraging opportunity to also share the hope that's in Jesus. What are they doing? They're listening. They're walking into the pain. You and I can listen and stand up against injustice in America as we stand up in injustice in India and anywhere to the ends of the earth. 
What are we to do? We're to be like our heavenly father. He is good and you and I should do good. Reggie Joyner said it this about tension and let me walk back over here with the, with the books that we have here to kind of highlight this. Reggie Joyner said this, that you and I have a responsibility as we've just looked to do good because God is good. And what he means is this, is don't be irresponsible. Reggie Joyner said it this way, don't be that Christian. Don't be that guy. Don't be the one who is irresponsible that you can trust God and engage your doubts. So don't be threatened. People get threatened all the time. He said this, you can enjoy the church and you can enjoy living in the world that God created. So don't be weird. Don't try to cause someone to believe in God in a way that's weird. Love God and love the people and the culture and the creation that God has given us in the earth. He said this, your beliefs matter. People matter more. He's saying, don't be that Christian. Don't be a jerk. You can become a Christian in a moment. It'll take you forever to figure out what that commitment means. So don't be shallow. Keep growing. Don't stay a baby Christian. The Bible is all true, but not everything true about life is in the Bible. And this is, don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot. That there are true things about life and don't just hold so tightly to the Bible out of fear that there may be other things that God has created through knowledge to give us truth that you just hang on to the Bible and you, in doing so, offend others in great ways. God has an ideal. He uses broken people. And what I wanna say to you is don't get stuck. Do not get stuck in your brokenness because God has an ideal, but he uses broken people. And last, you can know God, but God is a mystery. And that means even when you and I have an opinion, don't be arrogant about your opinion about God. God's a mystery. God can do what God wants to do. So for you and me, it's time. It's time to do good. It's time to stop consuming and to start contributing. Well, what does that look like for us at Sun Grove Church? What I'm encouraging you to do is start a watch party. That's where you invite other people to come watch church online in your home or your apartment or where you are. And don't wait, start next week. Start a watch party with other people. Here's what I wanna encourage you. Don't come back to church alone. And the way that you and I don't come back to church alone is that we reach out to the people who are in our field, the people who are around us, the people with whom we have influence. And it's a beautiful thing because the church is to look like heaven. The church is to look diverse. And the way that we do that is by reaching out to our neighbors. Why? Because our neighbors are diverse. The neighbors all around you and me. Diversity will grow in the church when you and I reach out to our neighbors because our land, our area, particularly here in Elk Grove and anywhere you might live in the world is going to have some diversity. So listen to me. Take time to engage people who are not like you. Take time to listen to people, to listen to their pain, to empathize, to reach to the hurting, to make your life count. Why? Because God is good and you and I can do good as we manage the tensions of life. And the biggest tension of life is trying to handle your own self and being good within yourself and realizing that you can't be good within yourself and that you need Jesus Christ. And if that's you right where you are, as you've been listening maybe to this series or today for the first time, 
if you're realizing that God is good, but you know in your heart you are not, and you want the goodness, the righteousness of Jesus by his death on the cross to be attributed to you, to wash your sins away, to make you clean, to make you a new creation, then the way that you do that is you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. And the way that you do that is you just talk to God, maybe right where you are today, you just pray a prayer like this and say, Jesus, today, I give you me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, that you were buried, that you rose to new life. So I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Would you wash my sin away and make me as white as snow? Make me a new creation on the inside. Give me a new heart that is good like you. Because today, Jesus, I give you me. And right now, wherever you are, if you made that decision, you can just write me in the chat. You can hit connect with us at Sun Grove. And we would love to follow up with you about what it means to make that decision to be new with Jesus. The angels are rejoicing. We're rejoicing with you. Heaven rejoices when a sinner turns away from their sin and comes to repentance to a good God who loves them and now has plans and a calling on their life to make a good difference in the world in which they live. We love you. We hear you. And we care. And we're glad that you're a part today of Sun Grove Church. Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.